0: Section 13 of A Fair Mystery. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Sandra Estensen. A Fair Mystery by Bertha M. Clay. Chapter 13 Faithless and Debonair. Doris, you must not do it. I cannot bear it. I don't see what difference it makes to you, Earl, and you have no right to interfere. And do it, I surely shall. Thus, Doris and Earl, on the theme of portrait painting. Gregory Leslie was too astute a man, too experienced, to take his wandering naiad at her word and paint her picture, asking no consent but her own never had a girl so puzzled him her rare beauty found in so remote and rural a district her delicate hands soft cultured tones exquisite high-bred grace in contrast with her very common simple if tasteful dress and then her words so odd either purest innocence and simplicity, or curious art in wickedness. Who and what was the young enchantress? Then, too, her smile, the turn of her neck, her way, evoked constantly some shadowy reminiscence, some picture set far back and grown dim in the gallery of his memory, but surely there. Again and again he strove to catch the fleeing likeness. But at once, with the effort, it was gone. If you want to paint me, begin, said Doris, childlike. Pardon, it would inconvenience you to stand here. The sketch even would take time. It must be a work of care, I shall do better if I have your permission to accompany you home. Also, I must ask your parents' consent. They don't mind, cried Doris petulantly, after some little hesitation. I'm only a farmer's daughter, she flushed with bitter vexation at the thought. But seeing the artist immovable in his purpose, added, I live at Brackenside. It is not far— You can easily come there. If you will permit, said Gregory with courtesy. You can come. I have no objection, said Doris with the air of a princess. She picked up her basket and moved away with the grace, the proud bearing of the daughter of a hundred earls. Gregory Leslie marveled more and more. As an artist, he was enraptured, As a man, he was puzzled by this new Daphne. Doris, seemingly forgetting her new cavalier, yet taking a rapid side look at him, considered that he was very handsome, if getting a little gray. Also, that his air was that of a man of the world. A dash of the picturesque added to the culture of cities. She wished Earl would meet them, and go into a spasm of jealousy, but earl was spared that experience and only mark patty and mattie brace were at the farmhouse to be dazzled with the beauty's conquest arrived at the gate doris turned with proud humility to her escort this is my home i do not like it most people think it's a pretty place it is a paradise said leslie enthusiastically then it must have a serpent in it, quoth Doris. I hope not, said Leslie. It has. I have felt it bite. Mark Brace, with natural courtesy, came from the door to meet them. This is an artist that I met at the knoll, said Doris calmly. He's looking for subjects for pictures. I think he mentioned his name was Mr. Leslie, and he wishes to paint me. Wants a picture of you, my darling, said honest Mark, his face lighting with a smile. Then he shows his good taste. Walk in, sir, walk in. Let us ask my wife. He led the way into the cool, neat, quaint kitchen room, hated of Doris's soul, but to the artist, a study most excellent then did the artist look at the brace family in deepest wonder mark had called the wood nymph my darling and asserted a father's right and yet not one line or trace of mark was in this dainty maid leslie turned to study patty who had made her courtesy and taken the basket of berries dark strong plump tidy intelligent kindly, plain, not a particle of Patty in this aristocratic young beauty who called her mother in a slighting tone. Then, in despair, he fixed his eyes on Matty Brace, brown, earnest, honest, dark, sad eyes, good, calm, just as little like the pearl and gold beauty as the others. Meanwhile, Mark and Patty eyed each other. I want to speak to you a minute, Mark, said Patty, and the pair retired to the dairy. Doris flushed angrily and drummed on the window sill. Behold a mystery, said Gregory Leslie to himself. Mark, said Patty in the safe retirement of the milk pans, this needs considering. Doris is not our own. To have her picture painted and exhibited in london to all the great folk may be the last thing her mother would desire and her mother is yet living as the money comes always the same way i declare patty i never thought of that and yet if doris has her heart set on it she'll have it done you see added patty true said mark "'and people will hardly think of seeking resemblances "'to middle-aged people in a sort of fancy picture. "'Better let it be done under our eye, Patty. "'I suppose so, since we cannot hinder its doing.' "'They returned to the kitchen. "'We have no objection if you wish to paint the picture, sir,' said Mark. "'I should think not. "'I had settled that,' said Doris. IN RETURN FOR YOUR KINDNESS, SAID THE ARTIST TO PATTY, I WILL MAKE A SMALL PORTRAIT OF HER FREE YOUR PARLOR. SO ONE SITTING WAS GIVEN THEN AND THERE, AND OTHERS WERE ARRANGED FOR. WHEN EARL CAME THAT EVENING, HE HEARD ALL THE STORY, AND THEN, BEING WITH DORIS IN THE GARDEN, THEY FELL OUT OVER IT, BEGINNING AS SET FORTH IN THE OPENING OF THIS CHAPTER. I cannot and will not have another man gazing at you, studying your every look, carrying your face in his soul. If you are to begin by being jealous, said Doris, delighted, I might as well know. I enjoy jealousy as proof of love and as amusing me. But I like admiration, and I mean to have it all my life. If ever I go to London, I expect to have London at my feet. Besides, if you mean to sing me for all the world why cannot mr leslie paint me you say poetry and art should wait at the feet of beauty now they shall it ended by truce doris agreed that earle should be present at every sitting this calmed earle and rejoiced her she thought it would be charming to pit poet and artist one against the other but the sittings did not thus fall out. Earl grew much interested, and he and Gregory took a hearty liking for each other. Gregory admired Doris as a beauty, but his experienced eye detected the lacking loveliness of her soul. Besides, he had no love but art, and his heart shrined one sacred pervading memory. Daily as he painted that haunting reminiscence of some long-ago-seen face or painted portrait grew upon him he looked at doris and searched the past one day he cried out as he painted i have it what have you demanded doris curiously "'A face, a name that you constantly brought to mind "'in a shadowy way that you resembled.' "'Man or woman?' demanded Doris eagerly. "'A man.' "'She was disappointed. "'She'd hoped to hear of some reigning bell of society. "'Was he handsome?' she asked, less interested. "'Remarkably so. "'How else if your face was like his?' BUT HOW CAN IT BE LIKE A STRANGER I NEVER HEARD OF A COINCIDENCE A FREAK OF NATURE SAID LESLIE SLOWLY AND WHAT WAS HE LIKE DEMANDED DORIS FACELESS AND debonair, FALSE FALSE AND FAIR LIKE ALL HIS LINE IT WAS A FATAL RACE HE NO WORSE THAN THE REST End of chapter 13 Faceless and Debonair